This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here we go. Sportsnet Today is live on this Thursday, February 9th. Welcome to the program. It's Logan Gordon along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in beautiful Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Along with you for the next 60 minutes on this Flames game day, an early start in Detroit, 5 o'clock puck drop, 4 o'clock Flames warm-up. Means we're just moving everything up a little bit today. Sportsnet today, Hockey Central 960, Flames talk with Steinberg, all the way up until Flames warm-up at 4 o'clock. Right here on your home of the Flames, this is Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Along with a cavalcade of producers in the room. Taylor's here, Cam is here, John is here, Alex is here for some ungodly reason. But we're all here, and we're all ready to bring you... A fantastic 60 minutes. We are set to join Peter Labardius in just uh, a few moments here to kick off the program like we always do. We'll also take a, a look at the opposition coming up a little bit later, uh, an inside look at the Detroit Red Wings uh, coming up in segment number two. Let's go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and welcome in the color voice of the Calgary Flames. He is Peter Labardius, and he's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations. This should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca, now offering air miles, reward miles. Good afternoon, Lou. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Some news from the Calgary Flames today um, in regards to one of their defensemen. It was uh, quite the update. Uh, I'll play a bit of it here. Uh, The general manager, Brad Treliving, spoke to the media this morning after announcing... um, a scenario that I can only describe as odd, but you know, scary at the same time. Defenseman Rasmus Anderson will not play tonight for the Calgary Flames. Uh, he was involved in an accident yesterday night in Detroit uh, while out with some of his teammates. Was crossing an intersection uh, on a scooter like you would see uh, around downtown Calgary on any given day. And was struck by a motor vehicle. Was taken to hospital. Uh, everything is okay. He is currently day-to-day, will not play tonight, however. Uh, I'm just going to give you a bit here from GM Brad Living, who addressed the media uh, this morning in Detroit with an update on Rasmus Anderson. Put out a statement here recently. Um, last night, Rasmus was involved in an accident. He was on his way to dinner. He was struck by a vehicle um, going through a crosswalk. Um uh, Ras was on a scooter. The good news is, the most important thing is, Ras is doing well. He was taken to uh, Detroit Receiving Hospital, uh, transported by ambulance to Detroit Receiving Hospital, um, and, and underwent a battery of tests, went through all the tests throughout the evening, uh, was released last night. Um, I do want to, I want to make sure we thank um, the medical staff there, specifically gentleman Dr. D, um, as he says he goes by, uh, who was phenomenal, 
Uh, our medical staff was in consultation with, with um, the folks at the hospital and, and then Rasmus was released last night. So he's doing well <clears throat> um, and is, is, is good spirits doing well, but um, you know, a, 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 and lucky, and very lucky. You know, it was certainly could have been a lot worse, but um, you know, he'll he'll remain with us right now. We'll list him as day to day, but uh, obviously want to make sure that we we thank all those that were involved and uh, and let everybody know that Rasmus is doing okay. So obviously, Lou, the the big story here. Good news that Rasmus is okay. At what could have been a a much worse situation for him and the Calgary Flames. Um. You know, and I'm glad you played that because I'd, I'd read it, but I hadn't heard it. And for me, you know, that's kind of why I think one of these mediums is so important is to hear that, you know, even changed my mindset a little bit. Um, but, you know, right away, if you've ever been in any kind of car accident um, or something along those lines, when somebody asks to go to the hospital, that's not a good thing by any stretch. And, um, but, you know, to hear Brad put it that way and incredibly scary and, um, yes, unlucky in hockey terms, beyond unlucky in hockey terms, but in human terms, yeah, just, you know, thank goodness. This is a, this is a new husband with, an, you know, a new child in the last couple of years, new dad. It just... You know, Logan, and, and I don't, I had no intention to do this, but every time these kind of things happen, and, and you know, I'm a lot older than someone like yourself, and, and trust me, when I was your age, things didn't strike me quite this quickly this way, but it really just tells you again that, you know, sweat and all the little stuff, which I'm as good at as anybody, trust me, on planet Earth, um, it's really not that big a deal. You know, we're losing our minds over whether a team's playing well or scoring or, you know, and, and we need that. You know, sports, one of the reasons I love sports so much is because it should be a great escape. It should be fun. What disappoints me sometimes is that whether it's how we cover it, whether it's portrayed, um, the social media aspect of it, doesn't feel as much at the pro level like it's a game anymore but it still is a game it's an important game it's played by people who make a lot of money doing it and cause a lot of us to spend a lot of money for our entertainment value but uh again i digress thank goodness he's okay and again my I had two thoughts today when I woke up and I read Derek's text um, and he didn't even throw in his text originally who it was. I didn't even know it was a flame at first, but my first thought was I remember Derek and I being, I think it was in Denver, Colorado together out for a walk or on our way to dinner or lunch or something. And it was a beautiful day and guys were ripping around in Denver on them. And I said, but I wasn't thinking about somebody getting hit by a car, Logan. No. I was thinking about, you know, when does somebody turn their ankle or fall off of one of these things or, you know, and 
Did I ever think I'd be having this conversation on the air? No chance. No, and uh, it's just one of those, you know, quick reminders how fast things can happen. And uh, I like what you said. Sometimes it's a, it's a stark reminder, but it's a good reminder sometimes to, uh, you know, always think of these things and, you know, keep everybody um, in your thoughts. And it's good news that RAS is okay. And that update Thank from goodness. Brad, you know, really was a good way to, to maybe calm some of it from everybody. Cause you're right. You read it and you're like, wow, that could be, could be really bad news, but it sounds like he's going to be okay. He won't play tonight. He's staying with the team on the road trip for now. And uh, that's uh, where we'll go from there. And no easy way to transition that Lou, but it'd be, uh, you know, remiss if we didn't go into the impact that it has now on the game tonight, flames and red wings from little Caesars arena and this Flames team doesn't know a lot of regular season games without Rasmus Anderson in the lineup. Um, I believe Ryan Pike, our pal, uh, had yeah, he played 348 in a row. Yeah. So that I can absolutely deliver on. Um, you know, he's having the best year of his career. He's the Calgary Flames' number one defenseman in every way shape or form you know time on ice situations so you know you're right we have to break it down now so where do you go next so as i expected and it looks like it's headed down that road you're going to see chris tanev move up and play with noah hannison um which allows you to even though you're going to have three different pairings and missing a massive piece at least in the case of Zadorov and Uyghur, they have a lot of familiarity with one another. And even, you know, Dennis Gilbert's going to play in his 10th game of the year tonight, and he's done that primarily with Michael Stone. Mm-hmm. So I can't think of a better person, you know, but we know he's not 100% healthy either in Chris Tanev, um, who will be more than adequate in terms of what you need from him on the other side of the puck, my guess is you might even see Noah, you know, be more assertive offensively because remember a few years ago, they were really good together. A really good pairing. A really good pairing. And it actually allowed Noah to take his game to a level that he had not been at previously. So there's familiarity uh everybody by and large loves playing with Chris because everybody loves to cuddle up on the couch with a warm blanket, which, <laughs> you know, is, is not what they do necessarily, but that's how he can make you feel as your partner. Yeah. So, you know, but again, you take 33 points from the back end and seven goals. You take, you know, 23 and a half, 24 minutes a night out of your lineup you take your best guy out. So, and my guess is we won't see him Saturday in Buffalo and who knows when we're going to see him again. We have no idea. No. So that's what the situation is. That's how they're going to handle it. The other ramifications are, and maybe this might really help kickstart somebody else. You know, I think Mackenzie Weger looks like he's going to jump in 
we, you know, didn't even have a chance yet to talk to Kirk Muller about why they made the change. And now we've got a change in the power play already. Yes. So, but Mackenzie Weger looks like he's going to jump onto one of those units, which I don't even call one and two anymore. One A, one B, at least that's my personal view of how I assess it. And, you know, he's been trending better, certainly on the offensive side with, you know, in McKenzie's case, he's got three assists in his last four games, um, you know, had a pretty good January in that regard. So you have to, at a certain point in time, assess it from this standpoint. Can it maybe kickstart somebody else with more responsibility? And in the case of Mackenzie Weger, does he know a thing or two about having added responsibility? He sure does, because his last two seasons in Florida, he became the number one guy on their defense when Aaron Ekblad was out for long stretches of time. And he certainly more than was able to embrace it and take his game to a better place. So those are the things starting tonight and probably, I don't know, again, I'm not going to try to play doctor, but, you know, it'd be amazing if he was ready to come back in the next couple games. And who knows, maybe he will. But he's not playing tonight, talking about Rasmus. Uh, Great that he's not hurt seriously, and we'll go from there. The other lineup change we'll see tonight, Peter. Dan Vladar gets the start in goal for the Calgary Flames. 10-0-3 in his last 13 starts. He's really come into his own this season, been a great member of the Calgary Flames. Uh, Just your thoughts on them going to Dan Vladar tonight in Detroit. Well, the assistant coach that I did have a chance to speak with tonight, and you'll be able to hear it, and I apologize, just had another hit to do on another station, and my morning's gotten a little backed up so we won't have the clip right now. Um, So I asked Jason today about two things. I asked him about Markstrom's game, and then I asked him about tonight's starter. And so we'll start with tonight's starter. Um, You know, all you have to do is be at practice, really to watch both of those guys in terms of their work and their preparation and their commitment to the process. But Jason, and I'm paraphrasing, has absolutely no issue with Jacob and his process and, for the most part, how he is playing. And then he just said, you know, this is one of those weird kind of scenarios where one guy either gets more run support, goal support. um, You know, the, the wins and losses are very different. And obviously has grown greatly in year two with the Calgary Flames. But, you know, I could tell by the tone of his answer, and you'll be able to hear it later, and you are more than welcome, my friend, to play that two answers at some point, Mm -hmm. even in your show if you have time, because I think listeners would be interested in it. I mean, nobody ever comments in the market about goaltending, so... (laughs) It won't be popular. And yes, that was loaded with sarcasm for those of you who don't know me well enough to be able to decipher. Um, Yeah, he just, and, you know, what he also reiterated, which again is not from the Dr. Phil coach, 
emotional people who are completely invested in care are usually harder on themselves than anybody else could be. And you just have to fight through it and work through it till nights like even the game against the Rangers, where instead of that great save off Sabanajad in overtime, doesn't end up in your net because the defenseman didn't skate past the puck. And you might have a two-on-one going the other way as a result and win the game. That's not how it's going for one guy. If the other guy was in that the other night, that's probably what would have happened. Flames and Detroit, uh, 5 o'clock puck drop tonight. You'll hear Peter Labardius, uh, the color voice of the Calgary Flames, who joins us every single day to kick off Sportsnet today. He'll be on the pregame show with Pat at 4 o'clock this afternoon, getting set for all things Flames and Red Wings. Uh, on the other side, Lou, uh, this uh, Detroit team that the Flames taking on tonight, uh, haven't had an ideal season, 49 games in. They've got 50 points, a 21-20-8 and eight record. They've lost their last two, and I'm not sure they've taken the step forward this year that GM Steve Eiserman was hoping. What do you look for when you uh, look at the Detroit Red Wings side of things? Well, there's a number of storylines for me, and I'm not sure that I feel like the Detroit Red Wings season has been as disappointing as it might be for some. And here's the reason why. Mr. Gordon, what division do the Detroit Red Wings play in? They play in the Atlantic Division, Lou. Um, Thank you. Yep. Is the Atlantic Division feature probably three of the best teams in the entire sport? Uh, It sure does. Boston, number one overall, Toronto and Tampa for starters. It's an incredibly difficult division. Um, You know, I I look a lot at Detroit in, in a similar vein as I probably do Ottawa. And that is, you know, with Detroit's acquisitions, do I think they're much better? I do. Do I think some of their young players have maybe backed up a bit? Yes. But even when you talk about Maurice Sider or you talk about Lucas Raymond, what you have to factor into the equation is when you bring in some more veteran people, their roles change a little bit. It hasn't changed much in the case of Sider, but, you know, it also comes with it. You know, Sider's the rookie of the year. Certainly, Raymond was in the conversation, but Lucas Raymond, Logan, still has 33 points coming off his 57-point year last season. So it's not like he's fallen, you know, into the wasteland. But I think they're a better team. There's a lot of work left to be done. Um, They're getting there, you know, in a a guy by the name of Jake Wallman. um, That trade with St. Louis that involved Nick Letty, brought forth Oscar Sundquist and Wallman. Well, Wallman's playing over 1850 a game and has had a real nice 33 games this season with them. So it's a building process. And in fact, I actually think it's better for a team and an organization that they don't make huge swings up and then take huge swings back. It's more gradual. And I think they are on the right road. 
I really do. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see the Red Wings in action tonight against the Flames. Uh, Flames have actually had a really good record against Detroit uh, going back to the 2016-17 season. Six straight wins against Detroit, 9-1 and one since the start of 2016-2017. We'll see if they can keep up that uh, sterling record uh, tonight. Again, 5 o'clock puck drop. Dan Vladar gets the start. Rasmus Anderson will not play tonight but is day-to-day and uh, doing well, according to GM Brad Treliving. Do you have some NHL news to get to, Lou, before we let you go on this Thursday uh, to react to? Details still coming in here, but we uh, appear to have another major trade out of New York after the Islanders went and got Bo Horvat. The Rangers respond. Uh, they are acquiring Vladimir Tarasenko uh, from the St. Louis Blues. Sounds like a lot going on to this, though nothing... Final confirmed in this, Lou, but Mikola, Nico Mikola, the defenseman, will join Tarasenko in New York. Sounds like part of the package returning to St. Louis includes uh, a first-round pick this year, a fourth-round pick, and Sammy Blay, who was initially acquired as part of the Pavel Buchnevich trade uh, not all that long ago when the two teams hooked up for a deal. So, Still working on final details. The Rangers do hold two first-round picks this year, uh, their own and Dallas's as a part of the uh, Niels Lundqvist trade. So we'll wait and see which uh, pick that winds up being. But it sounds like on paper, Lou, uh, Tarasenko and Mikola heading to New York, Blay a first and a fourth at least heading to St. Louis. What do you think of when you hear that trade? I think New York Rangers uh, put themselves in an excellent position. That's That's what I think about. And in a very deep draft, which this one is, and I certainly don't feel any differently with more games and more young people that I continue to watch, including watching some of the U18 team who's currently in Finland from the United States who has three or four excellent prospects, including one by the name of Will Smith. Um, I think in St. Louis's case, it's it's excellent too. The one name that didn't pop up, because as you know, it broke late, and I've been doing lots of other stuff. So you're sharing this with me for the first time outside of a little Sportsnet Now bulletin on my phone that said Tarasenko has been traded. So they were looking for another piece up front to play on their top, top group. Um He'll very likely, I'll be shocked if he's not with Panarin and the other fine Swede. Panarin, of course, is Russian, so is Tarasenko with Zabanajad and go from there. The one name that wasn't involved that I would bet St. Louis might have been asking about is Philip Hittiel or Hedel, whichever you prefer. One is more the Czech pronounced, the other is how we do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Hedl is having a terrific year, and I wondered if he might be part of any kind of package, whether they had acquired Patrick Kane or now in getting Tarasenko. So, um, and the other part of it that will not be talked about as much is this: when I took a look the other night in preparation and then watch the game. I, you know that I love the Rangers defense, but the one slot I'm not in love with was Ben Harper in the third pairing. 
to me, more of a seven than a five or a six. And now you just saw that with Mikola, who to me is a better player, more upside, comes from a good program, a good team, and will probably fit seamlessly with Braden Schneider. So that's the latest, uh, the trade uh, just coming down uh, from Frank Sarvelli, Daily Faceoff, and our own Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada. Nico Mikola, Vladimir Tarasenko to the Rangers. Sammy Blay, a prospect, a first and a fourth, heading back to St. Louis, who has really fallen off of things in this, Lou, and uh, don't look now, but uh, all eyes going to be on Captain Ryan O'Reilly in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, if somebody's able to land him, that is not going to hurt their Stanley Cup championship aspirations. He's 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 getting older, um, but his it's funny. Ryan Leslie, my 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 good friend, my former landlord, who knows Ryan way better than I do, like most NHL players, Ryan does personally. Um, Talks about Ryan O'Reilly being a guy with a lot of layers. That guy can play for me anytime he wants. You're going to be better with him than without him. There is no doubt about it, but I completely understand. St. Louis is in, you know, a remarket, retooling type situation, trying to continue to grow and now build around Thomas and Cairo and Buchnevich. That's who they're building around, at least up front. So there you have it. Uh, covered a lot of ground there, Lou, and uh, still got a game to talk about tonight. Uh, have a great broadcast. Uh, we'll hear you on uh, on Flames Warm Up with Pat coming up a little later, pal. Logan, if you do nothing else today, promise me one thing. You got it. Stay young. <laughs> I'll try my best. I haven't done a very okay. good job out of it yet, but I'll try my best, pal. Well, there's always, listen, it's as, as my lovely wife, Nat, says, Peter, and she says it to me often, it's progress, not perfection. <laughs> Have a great afternoon, Lou. Thanks, pal. Buddy. There you go. Pete Labardi, it's the color voice of the Calgary Flames, joining us down the Atlas Beats and Sports Bar guest hotline. He's brought to you every single day by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovation should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Now offering air miles, reward miles. That's uh, a handful of news in a very quick segment with Peter Labardius. Uh, Rasmus Anderson, in case you missed it, involved in a uh, collision last night with a motor vehicle while he was on a scooter heading to dinner with some of his teammates. Uh, was sent to hospital, went through tests, is doing okay is day-to-day and remaining with the team in Detroit and on this road trip, but will not play tonight. Insert Dennis Gilbert, who has been recalled from the Calgary Wranglers, uh, who will fill in on that third pair with Michael Stone. Dan Vladar gets the start in net. 4 p.m. Flames warm-up, 5 o'clock Flames puck drop right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, the fan. And a major trade uh, that is just getting sorted out between the New York Rangers and the St. Louis Blues, Vladimir Tarasenko and Nico Mikola on their way to the Rangers. Sammy Blay, a prospect, a first and a fourth, uh, the rumored return to St. Louis. As soon as that is made official by either side, we will pass along uh, the official releases and the uh, details on the trade. But that sounds like the package 
uh, that it will cost for Vladimir Tarasenko and more. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. Time for a look at the opposition. Uh, the Red Wings uh, coming into tonight, losers of two straight. They might be sellers at this year's trade deadline as well. They also have a massive decision to make when it comes to the future of their captain, Dylan Larkin. We will talk to Trevor Thompson from Bally Sports Detroit next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you on this Calgary Flames game day. Flames and the Detroit Red Wings kicking things off from Little Caesars Arena. Technically game three of this road trip for the Calgary Flames, but game two post-All-Star break following their 5-4 loss to the New York Rangers on Monday night. Four o'clock. Pat Steinberg has your Flames warm up with Peter Labardius. 5 o'clock, Lou and Derek on the call right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. We like to do this every single game day. It's time for a look at the opposition, and today to help us take a look at the Flames' opponent, the Detroit Red Wings. Very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcome in Trevor Thompson. Covers the Red Wings for Bally Sports Detroit. Trevor, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you? I'm, I'm great, guys. So a pleasure to be with you. How are you guys doing? This We're time? doing great. Uh, excited for another game day. Uh, looking forward to uh, getting a look at this Detroit team. And uh, I guess if you could, for our listeners, we don't see a, a ton of Red Wings. We'll see a ton of them in the next little bit here. Uh, but uh, as we're 49 games into the season, give us uh, your general feel on how the year's been so far for Steve Eiserman's group. Uh, a step forward in many ways, and in a lot of ways, that's still the same. So a lot of growth that needs to take place in the midst of this rebuild that Steve Eiserman is in the midst of constructing right now. But um, the offseason was fabulous. Uh, the additions of Dominic Kubelik, David Perron, Ben Sherratt, Ole Mata, and then Billy Huso in net. It's made a big difference in this team defensively. It's made a big difference in the team as far as their overall maturity goes uh, as a group getting a little older with some of those veterans that have had uh, Stanley Cup success, like a Perron, like an Ole Mata, and Ben Sherrod on a deep run the last couple of playoffs uh, with Montreal and then with Florida. So he knows what it's all about. Um, brings a little edge to this team that they needed. So Steve Eisman has made some big acquisitions. Uh, they've taken a step forward. Uh, but right now, out of the playoffs, uh, looking in at the um, American Thanksgiving, they were right there at the playoff spot and have since fallen off. But they're competitive each and every night. Uh, they're playing with a little edge right now, a little hunger, and trying to develop some of their younger players, develop their game. Uh, Jonathan Berggren, for example, has really come along, uh, was brought up earlier this year, and hasn't looked back, hasn't been sent back, and has provided some secondary offense for the team. Um, you, you know what Dylan Larkin has been. He's uh, growing as a captain and continues to grow as a veteran and, and a leader on this team. So uh, that's in place. And as far as what they're going to do with a guy like uh, – Tyler Bertuzzi will see the deadline, whether or not he moves or if he's re-signed to continue to be a core of this rebuild. But uh, those are the kinds of things that have gone on big picture-wise here in Detroit as they've taken some steps forward in some way, but still uh, not quite a playoff team yet. Was there an expectation or a hope that this team would make a step forward uh, in the standings, or is this group and the management team in Detroit okay if uh, a step forward means player progression but not necessarily progression in the standings, if that makes sense? Yeah, realistically, I think that's what they were looking at, playing meaningful games deep into the season. If you're, if you're not in the playoffs, I'm knocking at the door, and certainly you can see a team on the rise that has taken a step forward, and that's what I think you see most nights. They've had a couple of clunkers along the way, and um, some of us looked a little like it has in the past, but 
overall, the general sense is there have been steps taken forward. There's been player development with their young players. Defensively as a whole, the team has gotten better. And although they're not quite there in the playoffs yet, we'll probably be selling at the deadline. Uh, they'll make more acquisitions, take another step, and maybe next year we'll be expected to make the playoffs. But if they'd have made the playoffs this year, I think it would have uh, been a bit of a surprise, a pleasant surprise to some. But the fact that they're playing meaningful games deep into the season is, uh, I think, what everyone was uh, looking for and anticipating and expecting this year. Year one for Derek Lalonde as the head coach of this team. What kind of impact has he had that you've noticed on the group? Defensively, they're better. I think there's a certain calm uh, about the group, and I'm not sure whether that's completely attributed to him or just some of the veteran leaders that they brought on, but it's a more mature team. And I think a team, he took a lot from John Cooper in Tampa as far as how to play the style they want to play and what they're expecting of their guys. He just doesn't have the same kind of talent here. So really it's kind of tough to really evaluate the coaching across the board, but the acquisition of some of those older players that I mentioned and uh, some of the younger players taking a step forward in the development has made an all-around more cohesive unit defensively and expectation-wise as far as uh, what you're expecting night to night to see from this group has changed and, and you're expecting more than what Jeff Blasio had to work with. But um, it's tough to see where the coaching starts and the, um, the, the advancement of the players and the, and the maturity of the players and the veteran players uh, separates the two. You know what I'm saying there? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the guys that you mentioned as a, a big-time off-season acquisition for this group was Vili Husso from the St. Louis Blues. Um, it was interesting because I think a lot of people came into the season, Trevor, probably expecting him and Alex Nedeljkovic to form some sort of tandem for the Detroit Red Wings. Didn't exactly work out for Nedeljkovic, and now all of a sudden Husso's had to take on a much bigger role. How impressive has he been coming into Detroit and coming into this situation where, look, he was really a 1A, 1B guy in St. Louis, and he's had to take on a lot more responsibility this year with Detroit? He's been fabulous most nights, simply fabulous. I don't think he was expecting or anticipating the workload, and he's not used to the workload. Uh, that he's gotten this year. I think a couple of nights this season, you see he might be a little tired, a little worn down. Uh, the All-Star break certainly is going to do, go do him well moving forward. And then the way the schedule uh, sets up for the Red Wings for the next little while, he should be able to manage that workload. But he's been fabulous. And it's too bad that Alex Nadalkovic took a step back because they were really expecting these guys to be a 1A, 1B combo here, and it didn't work out that way. So as you mentioned, uh, Huso's had to carry more of the load, but he's been up to the task most nights. He's been uh, more than I expected. I think maybe more than a lot of people expected in that. Uh, he's a great goaltender. He's great for this team uh, at the right age. I think he can be a part of this core going forward, what they're trying to do with the rebuild. And uh, he's been nothing short of fabulous for these guys. I think it would be hard for anybody to expect Mo Sider to have a better year than he did uh, in year one of his NHL career that culminated, of course, in the the well-deserving uh, Calder Trophy victory for him. But what has year two been like uh, for the young defender? He was just outstanding last year. I, I think the Detroit Red Wings see a, a budding star on their blue line. But, you know, I'm always curious how guys follow that up as, you know, teams get more tape on them, they get more involved in the league, that sort of thing. What's the, the progression been like for Mo Sider heading into year two of his NHL career? Yeah, it was a slow start for Mo this year. He started out with Ben Sherrod as his D partner. And uh, there were some struggles between the two of them. But as far as let's get back to Derek Lalone there, uh, wanted to manage his game and change his game with Bob Bugner uh, coaching the D on the back end. And what they wanted to do was eliminate some of the risk in his game. He put up some eye-popping numbers offensively last year. 
but there weren't really many other options on D, and he was allowed to, to run a little wild, take a few more chances. They really wanted to manage the risk in his game, take some of that out, and as a result of that, uh, the offensive numbers stepped back a bit. But now he's been paired with Jake Wallman lately, and that pairing seems to be more to his liking. His offensive numbers are taking off. His all-around game is really rounding out. He's a little more responsible defensively, a few less turnovers in his game, and he's managing the play better in his own end. So that's a bit of maturity there. But his overall game, he'll tell you, and if you're watching with the eye test, you'll see he's a more complete player, even though you're not seeing the same kind of numbers and uh, his growth. He's really happy with the growth of his overall game. Uh, the coaching staff's happy with the growth of his overall game. And the kid's a legit stud. He's going to be fabulous moving forward. I can't wait to watch him grow. I got to ask you about Dylan Larkin and the situation there. He's a pending UFA. He's 26 years old, coming off a contract that paid him $6.1 million uh, per season. He's a Michigan kid. He's talked about his love of the Red Wings and his desire to stay there. Do you think this is simply a case of his representation and Steve Eiserman finding a middle ground that both sides want to find a way to keep Dylan in those Red Wings silks? Um, absolutely. I think that's the feeling of everyone around here and um, people covering the team and people on the inside. The feeling is uh, that they won't let him go. He doesn't want to go. It's just finding the right number. Uh, with Bo Horvat signing his new deal with the Islanders, I think that gives him another comparable. And it should be right in that area, around eight and a half for, for eight years. I can see that getting done. Um, I think a lot of us are surprised it hasn't been done yet. They may be asking a little more on the Larkin side than Eisenman uh, is willing to give. We'll see. But I do see them finding a, a meeting somewhere in the middle there, getting this done, and uh, Dylan Larkin being the captain of this team for a long time to come. And he wants to be a part of this rebuild and see it through, have playoff success and be a part of all that in his hometown. So uh, I think he's the best fit here. Other teams could certainly use him, uh, but he might move down the lineup a little bit on a, a better team. Mm -hmm. But I think he wants to be a part of what's here, be the top-line guy, be the man, be a part of what they're doing, and uh, Steve Eisman will pay for that. Yeah, it would feel sort of like everyone got shortchanged if Dylan was the one to go through all the hard times in Detroit, and then as the, the tide starts to change, he wouldn't be a part of it. I just I can't see... Uh, a world, especially with him being from Michigan and the love that he has for that team, it just seems like a, a good fit for him to to see this one through. And he was mentored by the likes of Henrik Zetterberg. He was a part of what that guy was with the tradition of the passing of the torch and him being the next captain and him being a, a Detroit guy and watching all those Red Wing teams that had all that success. He knows what that tradition's about. He loves being a part of it. He loves that he learned from Zetterberg and the torch was passed him. He wants to carry it on and be a part of the tradition as far as this thing being restored to what it once was. That is really a part of the fabric and his makeup. Uh, he identifies with it. He brings it every single night. He takes a lot of pride in it. And I just think that this is where he feels he belongs, where he wants to be. And I think that uh, the fan base feels the same way about him. I think management feels the same way about him. And I do think they'll get it done. Uh, Trevor Thompson joining us for a look at the opposition, the Flames taking on the Detroit Red Wings tonight, right here on your home of the Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960. Just a couple more for you, Trevor. Uh, appreciate the time this afternoon. Uh, we've talked about, you know, where the Red Wings are in the standings, and, you know, obviously everyone's going to look towards UFAs that could be moved at the trade deadline. But on the other side of that, I'm curious if you see any of those unrestricted free agents as guys that perhaps Steve Eiserman would like to keep past this year, whether it be a, an Oscar Sundquist or a Pia Suter. Is there any guy that is coming up on an extended deal outside of Larkin that you think would fit into this core going forward? I'll give you two names. You mentioned one of them. We'll start with Oscar Sundquist. 
Uh, he's a great guy in the room. Those guys love him. David Perron got here from St. Louis. They were very tight in St. Louis. They're very tight here. Uh, they love being a part of what they're trying to do as far as the rebuild goes here. And I think that those two can be a big part of it. They've won a Stanley Cup. They know what it takes. They know how to help groom these younger players. Um, Oscar's had an opportunity to play on the second power play, be a big presence in the net front, use his body, use his skill, use his toughness and his smarts uh, to really help groom some of the younger players and help this team along offensively. That's a guy I could see staying uh, past this year, past his uh, UFA. Also, Uli Mata on the back end. There's a guy that could certainly be used by a number of teams in the playoffs for depth on the blue line. Uh, he's won Stanley Cups before. He knows what it's about. He's multifaceted, multi-talented, and I think he could help uh, a contending team, certainly, but he can help the guys that are here, too. He can help continue to groom uh, the siders of the world and this young decor and help a wallman along and just be a part of a stabilizing force on the blue line here. Those two guys, Sunquist and Mata, I could see staying long-term. They would fit. Uh, they're young enough. They have a lot to offer, and they really fit the room. I think they're guys that Steve Eiserman appreciates uh, their background and what they bring as far as their work ethic to the team. So I think those guys could stay past this. Uh, you mentioned Pew Suter. Uh, quietly on that fourth line, he's done a very good job, responsible defensively. Maybe another uh, team could use him as well for depth uh, for a playoff run, but I could maybe see him staying as well if you want to add a third name. But those guys are certainly guys that fit what they're trying to do here. Uh, Trevor, I always like asking guys that uh, cover teams when the Flames are, are coming into town to give us uh, our listeners and to give the viewers tonight uh, a guy that maybe we haven't talked about that you think deserves uh, uh, an extra pat on the back or somebody to keep an eye on tonight outside of, you know, we've talked about Cider, we've talked about Larkin, those are the, the everyday guys that are going to catch your eye. But if you were to tell Flames fans or people tuning in tonight one guy to watch out for that they might not expect on the Detroit Red Wings, who would that be? I'll give you two for one. How's that? Deal. <laughs> Deal. I mentioned Jonathan Berggren. Yeah. Uh, this guy was fabulous in the AHL. He was fabulous in the Swedish League, and he's come up here, uh, plays on the second power play, plays on the second line right now. Um, young kid, thick body, all the hockey intelligence you could imagine from a, a kid like that who's getting an opportunity to play. He's putting some pucks in the net. He's been very effective offensively. Uh, you'll see him control the play when he's out there and add some offense. And he's one of the guys that is going to be a core of the rebuild going forward with this team. So that's a young guy to look for. And then you look at Philip Zadina, blocked a shot early November, hasn't played since. Tonight he'll be is making his return to the lineup. He's played nine games this year. He's still looking for his first point, but that's a guy that was taken sixth overall in 2018 and threatened to fill up the nets of the Montreal Canadiens, who he wished that would have taken him with the third overall pick, and they didn't. He fell to Detroit at sixth. There's been a lot expected of him. The offense hasn't come yet. But he's learning a 200-foot game. He's learning an all-around game, how to play that, and uh, just really how to manage his game at the NHL level. And we see a lot of these kids come in with all these expectations, and it's a hard league, and it doesn't just take off immediately. But he's trying to continue to work himself into an everyday NHL player. He's getting another opportunity tonight to get back in the lineup after not playing since on November the 5th. So you're going to want to watch what he's able to do here tonight as he works his way back into the lineup for the Red Wings. Uh, Trevor, you're a... a, a... Jack of all trades when it comes to covering Detroit sports. Obviously, the Red Wings are main topic today, but you're also covering the Tigers and the Pistons for Bally Sports in Detroit. Uh, we're counting down the days to uh, to baseball before we know it. Spring training is going to be around the corner. Give me a quick excitement check on uh, this year for the Detroit Tigers. Well, it might be another dose of reality for the Tigers <laughs> this year. It was a tough year last year. 
Uh, they haven't made any big splashes as far as uh, free agent signings or any trades that they've made, but they've got a new general manager in place. Uh, they're trying to build up from the ground up with a new philosophy here. So we'll see how that all pans out this season coming up. But any time a baseball season starts, everybody feels like uh, it's going to be a new season full of anticipation, and maybe this will be the year. Looking forward to the, the expanded schedule as far as playing all the teams in the league and see some new teams that you don't ever always see with the Red Wings, uh, with the Red Wings, with the Tigers, <laughs> even when you have the interleague play. They're going to play every team in the league this year, so that would be exciting to see some new faces that way and who comes to Comerica Park. And um, the crowds there are always excited to support the Tigers, regardless who's in town. So they'll have fan support. Uh, it's a great baseball town. And it's fun to watch. We just uh, don't know how many wins we're going to see. We'll wish for the best. <laughs> Trevor, thanks so much for the time this afternoon. Really do appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. I uh, can't wait to check in with you again sometime, hey? It's a pleasure, guys. Anytime. Appreciate take, it. Take care. Trevor Thompson joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He is uh, covering the Detroit Red Wings, the Tigers, the Pistons for Bally Sports Detroit and kind enough to give us some time on a game day. Flames and Red Wings for a look at the opposition tonight. And yes, uh, the Flames have had lots of success against this Detroit team. I mentioned the stat a little bit earlier going back to 2016-17. Flames have won six straight versus Detroit and are 9-1 and one since the beginning of that 16-17 season. They've scored 26 goals. They've just allowed 10 against in those last six. So Flames fans hoping for uh, history to repeat itself tonight. We will see what happens. Uh, remember, 4 o'clock, Flames warm up with the uh, start out east. Pat and Peter will take you through that. They'll take you all the way up until 5 o'clock when Lou and Derek called the Flames and the Red Wings right here on Sportsnet 960. Your latest Flames storylines. No Dan Vladar for the Calgary Flames. Uh, excuse me, there is Dan Vladar. Dan Vladar gets the start for the Calgary Flames over Jacob Markstrom. There is no Rasmus Anderson for the Calgary Flames. He uh, involved in a, a collision last night with a motor vehicle at a crosswalk while he was on a scooter, taken to hospital for uh, tests and evaluation, released last night, uh, appears to be okay and on the mend. He is currently listed as day-to-day -day as uh, GM Brad Living addressed the media. He's going to be okay. He's remaining with the team on this road trip, so hopefully... Nothing too serious when it comes to Rasmus Anderson. Obviously wishing him the best and a speedy recovery, but he will not play tonight. Dennis Gilbert will be inserted in the Calgary lineup after being recalled from the Calgary Wranglers. And a quick update, we uh, brought you the beginnings of that Rangers and Blues trade that was taking place during the first segment. We uh, now appear to have final details on that. The trade in full will look like this. Rangers acquiring Vladimir Tarasenko and Nico Mikola from the Blues in exchange a 2023 first round pick, Sammy Blay, the former Blue, prospect Hunter Skinner, and a 2024 fifth, uh, fourth round pick. Blues are also going to retain 50%, a maximum allowed on the remainder of Vladimir Tarasenko's contract. That first round pick will be whichever pick is later the Rangers pick or the Stars pick that the Rangers also hold as part of that Niels Lundqvist trade from earlier in the season, whichever pick is later in the first round is the pick that will go to St. Louis. So if, uh, if New York's pick is 20 and Dallas is just 26, Blues will get the 26th pick there in the first round. So Mikola and Tarasenko for a first rounder, Blay, prospect Hunter Skinner, a 2024 fourth round pick and 50% salary retention on Vlad Tarasenko. That's uh, going to do it for Sportsnet today. A quick edition of the program today. We're all uh, 
condensed with uh, with an early flame start. That means that the uh, wonderful and talented Haley Salvin is up next with an early edition of Hockey Central 960. I'm sure she'll dive into that Tarasenko trade. More on the Calgary Flames, of course, coming up with Haley. Then Flames talk with Pat Steinberg a little bit later on this afternoon to dive into uh, the Rasmus Anderson situation, Dan Vladar getting the start, and more. That's all coming up on your home of the Calgary Flames. This is Sportsnet 960, The Fan.